0: Into to the newest edition here of the fantasy, Alarm, fantasy Baseball Podcast. And I guess, Matt, this is the first postseason edition that we got here. So the Fantasy Baseball season has concluded. Hopefully you are recovering from hoisting up the league trophy. You're sending out the text to your league mates, thanking them for their donations to your cause for this season. But the regular season is now behind us. We have an eye to the postseason. And Matt, you and I are going to be talking about a bunch of things here with the postseason. But before we get into it, I have to ask, how is everything going for you?
1: Everything's good. Um, fantasy baseball could have gone a little better, um, especially knowing that a trade I made back in April. Had I not made it, I would have finished second in my league. Uh, so that's like a thousand dollar mistake, but it's okay. Learn from it. You know, go over why we, why I made it. Look at the, you know, strategies behind it. Learn from it. Realize that. I still had a winning roster that I drafted that I didn't realize I was going to wind up drafting my own team, but that's a different story. Um, And so shout out to uh, my league champ, back-to-back league champ friend, uh, Mike DiCabalcanti, who also, by the way, hit a nine-leg parlay for season-long MLB bets. Wow. He bet the under on uh, several strikeout totals for some pitchers. He bet the under on homer totals. Some hitters and the under on the RBI for Tatis and hit all of them turned uh 500 bucks into a six figure payday. So, congrats to him on just winning everything yesterday! <laughs> wow,
0: so you won't be seeing him for a while.
1: No, he's at winner winner chicken dinner. I was like, I think you can afford more than chicken for dinner. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, sh- shout out, Mike. It was good knowing you. Um, because we probably won't see you for a while with, with those money. So, si- Sayonara. Sign our long friend. Yeah, go, he go
1: pull out his favorite movies, uh, the Big Lebowski. So he's uh-huh. gonna go pull a dude and just I abide.
0: Yep, yeah, that is it. Well, congrats to him. Hopefully, some other people had some luck. I know I, I am more of a betting the over type. Also, but hey.
1: shout out to our former colleague Greg Jewett who won, mm-hmm. who won his uh, NFBC, league, yep. uh, tout wars too. I believe. I think he won a main event and a tout wars. So congrats to him on there yep. Yeah,
0: it was very cool seeing some of the tweets and stuff people you know winning their league and stuff and hopefully many of you who listen to us here at fantasy alarm have were able to hoist your league trophies up as well that's what we hope and then now basically while we head to the postseason we're still going to continue doing the podcast here weekly we'll probably take a couple weeks off probably in november after the season is over matt That's probably i think what we're kind of going to come to and then we'll come back and we'll get ready for the whole run of the mill again for the 2024 season, winter meetings, all of the off season moving, what we need to know, who should we be looking at? We'll be diving into that. And really, I know we're in fantasy football right now, but the fantasy baseball draft guide is almost just around the corner.
1: It's like two and a half months out. <laughs>
0: I know. It's pretty soon we're going to be talking about sleepers and bus. And maybe maybe next week, Matt, we'll kind of look back at the draft guide kind of, you know, like mid-season, we kind of did like a what we got right so far, what we didn't type thing. Maybe we'll do that again, kind of on a larger scale. And take yeah, a we look could do that.
1: we could do that right now with the bold predictions Oof. we were doing that a little bit before the pod and some of them turned out some of them a little off the mark
0: some of them didn't we'll we'll, we'll do that next week' we'll, we'll take a look at that next week and then also go into the because I do know from the sleepers guide. We did have Justin Steele. We did have Eduardo Rodriguez. We had a couple of hits in there, to say the least. So we'll take a look at that next week. But right now, we're going to turn our eyes to the postseason here and take a look at the wild card round matchups and hand out some superlatives, as we see here for each of these series. <clears> to <throat> me. So let's go ahead, Matt. Let's take a look here. So first off, just kind of overview of each of the the matchups that we got here, so on the American League side, I'm not going to give any opinions on these because I want to save them for when we start hanging out But Blue Jays, Twins, Rangers, Rays, Diamondbacks, Brewers in the National League, as well as the Marlins and the Phillies. The one notable exclusion that I'm going to ask you about here, no Seattle Mariners did Correct. not make it in. Now that it's kind of happened, we talked about a little bit last week. Would you have liked to see, if you could move things around, would you have liked to see in Seattle and over maybe a team like, I don't know, like (laughs) Toronto, like someone like that? Yes. Okay.
1: For sure. (laughs) Um, I think that they are, I mean, it's, I mean, I know they made the postseason last last year, but it's pretty painful that they missed by one game. Um, Granted, as their apparent, a uh, social media admin who logged in and replied under his own <laughs> account on the team thing said that they did it to themselves. They did the first two months of the season were God awful for their offense. And then they figured it out. Um, unfortunately for them, there was two other teams in their division that also figured it out most of the season. So um, I would have liked to have seen Seattle make it. I think seeing all those young stars there, um, including George Kirby, who's just apparently whipping up knuckleballs now. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knew he had, which he did in uh, honor of Tim Wakefield, the late Tim Wakefield. So nice touch there. But, yeah, I, w- I would take Seattle in the postseason. I also probably would have taken the Cubs over Miami. We'll, we'll talk about That was else. my pick, but I kind of would have rather seen the – the Cubs-Brewer series would have been electric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It would have been electric.
0: Agreed. Postseason at Wrigley too is always a lot of fun, and if we could have got some of those games with that wind blowing out like it does in Wrigley,
1: and then see how many Chicago fun. fans make the forty-five minute drive up to yeah. uh, Milwaukee,
0: see if it's actually a home game, <laughs> yeah. in Milwaukee for them. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really interesting. And you know, rest in peace to Tim Wakefield. Very sad. Very, very unfortunate to say the least. So thoughts and prayers with his family and friends, uh, I guess we should probably do to the whole Boston organization as well. Cause he was a very pivotal part Except
1: for Kurt Schilling.
0: Correct. A uh, very pivotal part of that team. But with George Kirby throwing that knuckleball, let's also kind of not let this be misunderstood. That was a nasty knuckleball.
1: It was, it was gross. like, it wasn't just like a,
0: you know, it wasn't like uh let's just try something and pay, pay, uh, pay homage to, to Tim Wakefield. It
1: was, he should add it to his repertoire full time.
0: I mean, okay, so, all right, all right, okay, so, fun, fa- here, here's a fun thing, we'll talk about this next year, leading into it, one and a half knuckleballs next year from Kirby, more or less, more, yeah, I think so too,
1: I think that, that thing, I think he's gonna run. mix it in, <laughs> oh man, also, there's no active knuckleballer, so it would be lovely to see a guy whipping knuckleballs up, I mean, we have a ghost splitter, or whatever the heck it is that Senga throws, yeah, um, but we don't have any knuckleballs. So. Could you
0: imagine just like Kirby going out there? He just drops like his, you know, his regular fastball does the off-speed stuff. And then it's like one, two. And the next, you know, you just see this dancing flutter ball come in like this. I do wonder though, when there's like primary knuckleballers, you know, you're expecting it. You're not really picking it up. But when, when you think about it, oh, I don't have a ball here or anything. But like when you have a guy like George Kirby who has like other pitches, you know, we have all this, we have all this. I wonder if it'd be too much of a giveaway if you see the full blown like knuckle, like before he even threw it with the batter. No, because you could see like it's now this, this maybe this, I don't know, because Wakefield this, had a fastball,
1: though. Well, well I mean not I mean it was a mid eighties fastball,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> he had a mid velocity other pitch that he threw every Correct. now and again. It did
1: not move nearly as much as the, the knuckle ball. Right. Um that's a reasonable point. I do know that, you know, a lot of elite hitters can pick up on hand motion and can tell you from the way the release happens uh, that they can figure out kind of what's coming. So that's a reasonable point. But uh, over or under one and a half for an entire season, we're talking 30-something starts. Yeah, I'll 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 take that he throws, too.
0: I think so, too. And it's one of those things, too, where even if you pick it up and you know it's coming, you don't really know where it's going. Right. You know, they may just choose to lay off it. It's like, okay, here's a knuckle. I don't know where it's going. The catcher doesn't know where it's going. The pitcher doesn't know where it's going. I'll just lay off it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Matt, let's go ahead. Let's hand out some superlatives here for the wild card matchups that we have here. So amongst those first four series that we have here, once again, Blue Jays, Twins, Rangers, Rays, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Marlins, Phillies. Matt, what superlative are you handing out in terms for the best matchup here in the wild card round?
1: I think it's D-backs-Brewers is a sneaky good matchup. Mm -hmm. You have two teams that are mostly under the radar, right? Milwaukee somehow floats under the radar every single year, even though they have two or three elite arms in that rotation. They've got a very good um, offensive outfield when they're healthy. Um, They just tend to fly under the radar. They always have closers everybody wants in fantasy, and then nobody pays attention to them during the year, right? Same thing with the D-backs. They were terrible last year. They're up and coming. They have very good young talent. Um, they have one of the aces everybody loves for fantasy and Zach Allen. Nobody pays attention to him during the season. I don't know if it's because they play in the, you know, the West Coast, um, you know, late games or whatever. But I think it has the potential to be a very close, very exciting uh series with a lot of back and forth games. Uh they were the the comebackers is what they started calling the D-backs uh this year cuz they they seemingly scored late every game. Um if their offense wakes up a little bit, we'll get to that. I think it could be a very exciting matchup.
0: For sure, I like that one. I'll talk about that one a little bit. Again, there's only four matchups that we have so pretty much we're going to talk about all of them right. again except for maybe one of them?
1: We're getting just a little taste of postseason play, but just enough to wet the wet your palate.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm really looking forward to the Rangers Rays. What the Rays have done, despite having have a great rotation, they may perhaps even have a better rotation on the injured list at the moment. They lost probably one of their most important offensive pieces in the middle of the season due to everything that occurred with that that we've already kind of talked about and don't need to gloss over it more. They still have enough firepower in that offense, including, if I'm not mistaken, with the guy who edged out one of the Texas bats for the American league batting average by like three. Oh boy. It's been a while since my math days, Three hundredths, three hundredths of
1: points in batting average. Well, you can say just three points because everybody counts. Yes. Technically it'd be hundreds.
0: Yeah. Cause it was the, it was like three, two, eight, eight or three, two, five, eight versus like three, two, five, five or something. Yes. Yeah, you can tell I haven't taken a math class in a while. You get what I'm saying, but Yanni well, Diaz hits her high average. For
1: fourth pigeon, it's a thousandth.
0: Okay, then that's what we're talking about. So it's a thousand. So obviously they have that. It'll be interesting. It would really, as much as I'd like to say, I'd like to see like Jacob deGrom healthy for the Rangers to see how that would kind of all play out. It's one of those things where like, cool, I'd rather see like Shane McClanahan and Jeffrey Springs Andrew Rasmussen and Shane Boz all these guys healthy for the Rays too so you could say both ways but I think this series is going to be really exciting but there is one key storyline that I'm watching in this series which we'll talk about a little bit later Matt we talked about the best matchup so we have to talk about whether you want to call it your least favorite matchup the most boring the one that's going to put you to sleep if you couldn't watch one of these games which one is it going to be we've actually both agreed on this one so why is it the Blue Jays twin series for you
1: Well, the Twins got in by default because everybody in their division sold at the deadline and they didn't do anything at the deadline, but somehow came out ahead and they like, so I'm not going to say they didn't earn the division win because they earned the position that they were in, but they also didn't get a challenge all year, basically from anybody in that. I mean, the Guardians a little bit at the beginning, but we all knew the Tigers and Royals were going to suck and they did. And then the White Sox, we were kind of sure that they were not going to be very good, and then they were terrible, and then they blew it all up um, late. So, you know, there, there was that. And then the Blue Jays did not live up to anything we thought they were going to. Like, pitching-wise, they're very good. Starting rotation, very good. Despite Alec Manoa having the weirdest bad year ever, Um But the offense was atrocious basically all year. Like, Vladito didn't really do anything we thought he was going to. Bo Bichette was good for a while. And then wasn't Kevin Biggio kind of sorted it out in March and then forgot how to hit when he went north in April. Um, George Springer's been good down the stretch, I guess. Mm -hmm. But – and Alejandro Kirk was nowhere to be found all year. So it's just a matchup of two teams who – like, I can't even say that Toronto did enough to – make like, they did enough to make it, obviously, right? But I feel like it was more Seattle shooting themselves in the foot that got Toronto in than, than not. And maybe your dog agrees. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of – it's the Twins are always boring to me, to be perfectly honest. Like, even when they had the studs, like Maurer and they had um, – Oh geez, who who the heck were the other two? They had like huge bats. Like every time they matched up against the Yankees, for the their Twins, offense, yeah.
0: There's always Maurer and Morneau.
1: Yeah, there's Morneau. There was another guy in there too, um, but they always had like a deceptively good offense, and then they mm. were just like, dude, you couldn't pick out of a lineup.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, not really any different than now, minus maybe maybe notable big bats. I mean, Correa's
1: pretty noticeable, I guess. Royce Lewis has been good. He's be healthy. Buxton's been okay when healthy.
0: Yeah. This series is just boring. It's just Yep. It's like two teams that should be better than what they are, but we can't really figure out why they aren't. Correct. Like you can like I can tell you blue Jays aren't as good because you know like Vladito was a little bit underwhelming this year and stuff, but why was he underwhelming? I don't he know. Had if we that, have an answer.
1: He had that injury, I guess, in spring training, and it maybe never really I don't know. But sure. then what happened? Still, to just speculation.
0: Yep, still just asking. So yeah, this series is boring. I just and honestly, I, I the most well,
1: excitement was when their when their reliever got kicked off the team for being rude to the flight attendant.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you agree with me that whoever wins that series just loses in the LDS anyway?
1: I would assume so. I don't think That's either of those teams too. are going to beat. Uh, the Astros or the O's.
0: I'm the same way. I just, that series is basically like, oh, if you win, that's cool. And then you're just going to lose the next one, probably pretty bad.
1: Delayed slaughter for the winner,
0: basically. Absolutely. So of these four matchups, we got to pick a team that is on a potential sweep alert. Who could get swept? I'm going to go first because you're you're the king of the segues pretty much as we get here into some of these (laughs) upcoming ones. Um, I'm putting the Diamondbacks, on sweep alert only because when you go up against Milwaukee you could argue Milwaukee's got one of if you're going to look at top 3 starting pitchers going into the postseason they're they can be no worse than 3rd I can't see them dropping below third in terms of their top three starters in terms of the trio. Like when you're going to go up against Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, that is a tough little trio to face. If the Arizona bats can't get it going, I think Milwaukee will do just enough. And as I'm looking here at the notes section over at Fantasy Alarm, Brandon Fought is getting the ball for game one of the Wild Card series against the Brewers. So if they can take game one, put Arizona on their heels, they get to ride the rest of their big arms all the way through. So Arizona's on sweep alert for me. What team do you have? on sweep alert here in the
1: wild card round. Uh, I have the Marlins because their offense is okay. I mean, it's not terrible. They obviously have the NL batting champ in Louisa rise at the top of it. Jazz Chisholm when healthy is, is decent. Obviously they got some pop in there at the trade deadline, but my bigger concern is their pitching. They have basically one reliable starter who could only pitch once down the stretch for them because they had a, delay like a rain delay and it almost cost them a chance to make the postseason so you're facing a Phillies team who is hot right now offensively and they're still pissed at Angel Hernandez for basically perpetuity um and the starters for the Phillies pretty good I mean Zach Wheeler's been good Aaron Nola's been pretty solid they can go six deep, basically. Um, and their bullpen has actually been pretty decent this year. So you got to dodge a lot of power bats with the Phillies. And then you got to dodge their starter. So I- I'm concerned about the Marlins just not having enough firepower for this one.
0: We go to upset alert. I'm actually going to put the Phillies on upset alert. Kind of for all the reasons that you kind of looked at the Marlins. I say if it pans out, they could give the Phillies, they give the Phillies a run for their money. Miami had a good a good run down the stretch. I don't like that their run differential was only plus three, despite winning 17 of 26 games in the month of September. I don't necessarily love that.
1: Where, but they, I mean, part of it is they just saw the Phillies though, didn't they? E...
0: No. Uh, Well, I mean, in the beginning of the month. Oh, okay. So within a month, yeah.
1: Okay, so a month.
0: Yeah, within a month. They took two of three from them there. Let's see here. For the year overall, Miami against Philly, of course, seven and six. So near split throughout the season. But Miami had a minus nine run differential against them. But that could have just been Philly could have had one of those games where they hit six home runs. If Miami can keep Philly from hitting every other ball out of the ballpark and get past some of the guys at the top of the order, I could see the Marlins squeaking out a win here if they can just get some heroic pitching efforts from a couple of their guys. If the bullpen can pitch like they should, that's the other thing that gives me a little bit of concern. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Marlins can upset the Phillies. I'm going to put the Phillies on upset alert. What say you?
1: So upset alert for me. um, Yeah, this is why we're the king of the segues here. Uh, The Rays Hmm. uh, are upset alert uh, for me. Why? I think their plug and play attitude works over the course of 162 games. I think you can survive all of those injuries that they've had over the course of 162 games. And if you look in the second half, they were kind of coasting. They haven't, I'm not sure they played above 500 in the second half. I think they just got credit because they started so, so well that they had a cushion and just not that they coasted, but the injuries played a role, right? Now they don't have Brandon Lau, their huge bat in the middle of that order. He's gone. Um, So I'm just concerned that over a small sample size, that Kevin Cash has proven that he's a little tougher to push the right buttons in the postseason than he does in the regular season. Um, We've seen that time and time again, whether it be pitching changes, whether it be bringing up some bat that really has no point in being there. So I would say the Rays are on upset alert, not to mention the Rangers, I think, are just a better complete roster um, than the Rays are at this point.
0: And that's right into my kind of most, it, the the tip we have here is most exciting storyline. But for me, it's almost kind of the most concerning is, and it kind of goes with the Rays, can Texas' bats wake up? after a quiet end to the year, they were not the Texas Rangers that we saw in the beginning of the season down the stretch over the final two weeks. Like their WRC plus was like one Oh eight. So technically, technically so above, they, average. above the average, but they were only hitting 223 during that span. And I believe it was striking out like close to 20, 22% of the time, if I remember correctly. So if their bats can't wake up, like Josh Jung has come back from his thumb injury, but he hasn't hit all that well. So we'll have to see if the bats can get going. If Texas can't hit, if they can't outscore, I don't trust their pitching staff enough <clears throat> to like win games where the offense only scores two runs. I don't see that happening. So can Texas's bats wake up? That is my most exciting storyline. What about for you? What other team do you need to see the bats uh, come alive for?
1: So I hinted at this earlier. Uh, Arizona's bats need to wake need to wake up. The last series against the Astros was not great. Um, granted it's the Astros. But in a situation where you're fighting for your playoff life, um, they took way too many one pitch at bats. I mm-hmm. watched most of those games and you know, the Astros put one kind of in a decent spot in the strike zone on the first pitch and they swung at it and Astros pitching got what they wanted, which was either a ground out or an easy pop fly or whatnot, because not every strike you see is a good one to swing at, right? Um but I do think that they have the firepower that if their bats wake up, they could be very exciting. I mean, Corbin Carroll was a 2550 guy. Let's not lose track of how good Corbin Carroll was. Christian Walker can still hit some pretty nice pop. Gabby Moreno is pretty talented with a bat in his hand. Not only that, but he's he can erase the steel, you know, steal threats from behind home plate. Um They've got, you know, obviously some holes. They're not a perfect team. Otherwise, they would have challenged a little more for the division. Um, But I think if the Bats wake up, I think they can give fits to Milwaukee's starters and bullpen.
0: And if it's no tall task, though, to get the Bats cooking against the likes of Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, not exactly the easiest. No, but what I will
1: say is that having faced the Astros and they faced, you know, I believe it was Framber and uh, Verlander and one of the other big, like it was the big three that, that Houston had going Um so facing them in the last series of the year with playoff chances you know on the line does get them a little bit geared up for what they're going to obviously you know you still have to go out and hit it and make something happen mm. but it's not like they faced Like the Pirates, who had nothing to play for in the last three games of the season and don't have the pitching that the Phillies do like the Marlins. Right, because the Marlins face the the Pirates. I'd rather be the D-backs and have to gear up against Furlander to go face Corbin Burns.
0: For sure. And then before we record again, so obviously we'll be recording, you know, each week here leading throughout the postseason. So before we record again, the prominent headline that We're going to see. I know you're talking about can Arizona bats wake up. I say they don't. And by the time we record next week, we're going to be talking about how a Burns Woodruff Peralta trio or just two of them, depending on how it all ends up going. A Burns Woodruff Peralta trio or duo quiets the Arizona bats en route to an early exit for the Diamondbacks. That's what we'll be talking about next week when we record. What is going to be your maybe headline as you know, maybe before we record again or leading into the next time that we record.
1: So I took a slightly different approach to this one, and I'm talking about a team that's – I'm writing a headline about a team that's not playing right now, and that is can the Braves stay hot over the break, right? We saw them kind of struggle with the break last year at the start of, you know, the postseason. They came in, you know, the hottest offense, best offense, and then they couldn't do a whole lot early in the postseason. So now they're having sim games this year, which, you know, if you're in Atlanta, they're open to the public apparently. So you can go watch the Braves scrimmage themselves at Truist Park in October as they try to stay hot for whoever they're going to play. But that's my biggest thing is can the Braves bats stay hot against a team that's already warmed up with a series?
0: It's kind of like the – it's it's actually the same exact thing when we get into like football playoffs, you know, that six seed that just won has to go up against the one seed. The one right. seed comes out a little slow to start. It's the right. same exact thing. Does the Atlanta bats keep it up? Uh it will be interesting to see that. So, Matt, as we go ahead and wrap this up, let's go ahead and get to the ones that everybody wants to know here. Who do you believe in the World Series will represent the American League?
1: I kind of it's real it's real close for me, but I'm gonna go with some fresh blood and we're gonna go with the O's making the world series. I think they're good enough to do it. I don't think this was a fluke of a record they played in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, every team finished above 500 in the AL East. If I'm not mistaken, um, that's got to count for something, right? You win that division and you win it kind of going away, not huge, but I mean, they had Tampa's number basically all year. Um, and I think they're young and they're young enough not to know better, so they're playing with house money in their opinion. I think they're a year ahead of where they thought they would be. And the home park, man, Camden Yards went from just a launching pad to being one of the best pitcher parks in baseball. Left field absolutely just kills baseballs. Um, so if it is in fact the Astros against the O's, it'll have four games if it goes seven and have four games in Camden Yards. I don't think the bats for Houston can hit in Camden Yards. There's a stat going around that if Bregman had to play all year in Camden Yards, he'd have like one third of the homers he has this year, right? So I am gonna go I'm gonna go with the O's. Plus John Means has just been phenomenal since coming back from Tommy John. So if you can get a fresh arm like that, I'll take the O's and the AL.
0: I will take Houston and then in the National League, I'm going Atlanta. Is that where you are as well?
1: I, it's hard not to like. Yeah, I mean, I know the Dodgers had a great year, but I feel like their 162 game mix and match works much like Tampa's, but it's not going to. And I mean, they have serious pitching questions. Like that rotation mm-hmm. is like you've got what Kershaw, Emmett Sheehan.
0: Yep. There's questions,
1: and then, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's not no, not great.
0: I am Atlanta, with you. There. I guess. <laughs> I'm with you there. So we both have Atlanta representing the National League. I have Houston, the American League. You have Baltimore. Uh, for me, Atlanta wins it all. What about you? What say you?
1: Uh, I will go. I will go with the Braves. I just think they're pitching their bullpen, their offense. It might be this might be the best team we've ever seen on a baseball field. I would agree with that. Statistically speaking offensively, they've filled eight categories that are that have never been filled by one team before and they're not like obscure. They're, you know, they're pretty solid stat categories. No team ever has filled all eight. The most we've ever seen is five, including yeah. the murderers row, 27 Yankees. Their rotation is ridiculous their bullpen might be better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting, but give me Atlanta. So that'll be the wild card round preview. We'll be back next week to look at the divisional round, see what we got right, see what we got wrong. And then also look back at the 2023 fantasy season and just check a couple of the things that we got right, what we got wrong. And we'll keep progressing here through the playoffs. So make sure you give uh, Matt a follow on X at the salesman. I'm at Conway, and we will see you next week with the next edition of the fantasy alarm fantasy baseball podcast.